So we are turning to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. It's a big chapter, so there are 44, uh, uh, you know, more than 44 verses. So we are going to read from John chapter 11, a uh, couple of verses there. So before we go to that scripture, John chapter 11, verses 1 through 44, the, the, the title of the message today evening is just this. God wants us to push through for a miracle. God wants us to push through for a miracle. You know, in this world, certain things happen easily. But there are other things, many other things, they don't happen that easily. So, but God wants us to push forward or push through until we receive those blessings. You know, all of us need blessings in our lives. The blessing that I'm looking for, you may not be looking for the same blessing. The deliverance that I may be looking for, you may not be looking for the same deliverance. Because we all go through different phases in our lives. We all have different needs in our lives. But this evening, our God is a God, universal God. He knows what we go through and He knows what our need is. So as we go through the scripture portions, I just want you to, you know, just follow as close as possible. We're reading from John chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick by name Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with the fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent to him saying, sent to Lord Jesus saying, Lord behold, he who, whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God means Jesus may be glorified through this sickness. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, Jesus stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? Jesus answered, are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Verse 11, these things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Verse 12, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will just get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Verse 14, then Jesus said to them, plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go to him. Then Thomas, who was called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's also go that we may die with him. Because they were ready to stone Jesus to death. And that's what Thomas told. Verse 17, so when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. 
Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as he, she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you seek, you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her away, went her way, and certainly called, sorry, secretly called Mary her sister, saying, The teacher has come and he's calling you for you. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She's going to the tomb where, uh, to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came, with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And verse 34 says, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the, eye, opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, Did, you, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Verse 43, Now when he had said those things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, Lose him and let him go. Now we read quickly, we went through a scripture portion where a miracle took place. The miracle was just not an ordinary miracle. A dead man who was buried four days since he died, Jesus called him back live. Unlike the other miracle took place, this miracle was not an ordinary task, not an easy task for Jesus to perform. Now that's the reason I titled my sermon today, Pushing Through for a Miracle. You know, there were many hurdles on the way of Lord Jesus Christ. His own disciples, his own Jewish people, even the sisters of Lazarus, People who gathered there waiting for Jesus to perform something. 
They were all just standing there as a huddle for Jesus to perform this miracle. You know, when there are good things about to happen in our lives, obviously there are many hurdles. Now, can I see a hand of someone who went through everything without any trouble, any problem, right from your childhood until today? I don't expect anyone to raise your hand. You know, whenever we wait, whenever we expect a good thing to happen, there are a lot of troubles, a lot of hurdles. Now, I know some of you have been waiting for your spouse to join you. It's not an easy task. It doesn't just get happy. It doesn't happen just all of a sudden overnight. Some of us are waiting for to find a perfect match. That's even more difficult. It doesn't really happen. Some of us have been waiting for children, baby blessings. It doesn't happen just like that. Always good things happen after we face a lot of challenges and hurdles in our lives. But God wants us to push everything. God wants us to push through the hurdles in order to receive the blessings. You know, there are people in this world, they try a little bit and they give up. They just try pushing little, you know, a little bit, but doesn't happen easily. And then they give up and they come out with two answers. They say that probably it's not going to happen. Or they may say that probably it's not the will of God. It's not the will of God. Lazarus died four days before. And Jesus was right there to deliver him, to raise him from the dead. But then there were so many hurdles. Number one hurdle was a sickness and the death of Lazarus. You know, it would have been so easy as someone said there, Jesus could have come probably, you know, before his death and he could have healed him very easily. You know, at times we want to do many things for God, but sickness comes and stands on our way. And that's the reason the sisters of Lazarus, they send a notification to Jesus saying that, Lord, he whom you love is sick. Verse 3. And verse 14 says, Jesus said, Lazarus is dead. Sickness comes on our way. Death comes on our way at times. And totally disappoints us. You know, how many of our lives, you know, how many of our family members, you know, they had to lose someone in very early in their life cycle. You know, even we, we are, everything is good, but then we have a sickness in our body. Somehow we got the disease or sickness very early in our life. Everything is not in favor of us. The family of Lazarus, everything was going well, but suddenly Lazarus fell ill. You know, at times death refers to hopelessness. Someone who died, and obviously there is no hope after that. Death also refers to a situation that cannot be revoked or that cannot be retracted. Once it is done, it is done. Death also refers, it says, that's it, that's it, that's the end of everything that you can have on the face of this earth. It's all done. It's time for him to go home. It's not worth for him to struggle, for her to struggle on this earth. 
Death is a very hopeless situation. Sickness and death were on the way when Jesus went to Bethany. But Jesus decided to push through that situation until their miracle took place. You know, I believe that is the message that God wants me to carry across this evening. There is a miracle on your way, but God is telling you it, it may not be easy. It is not just readily right there for you to go and enjoy experience. You need to push through in order to get that blessing. Number two, Jesus, were, Jesus was having a bunch of disciples. You know, they were kind of discouraged group of people. Can you ever imagine a leader leading his party with a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of followers who are totally discouraged? Can you ever imagine a pastor leading a church with a bunch of people who are always discouraged? It's not going to happen. It's not easy. Jesus had a couple of disciples. They were totally discouraged. You know, a peculiar character of somebody who is discouraged, they do something always. Any idea what it is? They are very good in that. Exactly. Demotivating or discouraging others. They are very good in that. You just go and sit next to them and when you get up from that place, you are gone. Your spirit is gone. That's the reason you don't want to be with people who, all, who always discourage you. We want to be with somebody who always encourages. Who always tells us, come on, you can do it. Come on, just go for it. We know Jesus was sitting with the disciples, verse 7 and 8. Scripture says, when Jesus said, let's go to Judea again. Disciples said, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Do you remember that? They were trying to kill you. You remember that? Do you want to go there again? Are you sure? Bunch of disciples who do, who do not do anything, who do not, you know, willing to, who are not willing to do anything. On our way to healing, on our way to receive the blessing of God, we encounter people like this in our lives. Great people, they are great people of discouragement. I don't know why God created them, but God created them too. Their job is just only to discourage others. If I find them here, I will say, in the name of Jesus, get out from this place, you discourager. We don't want any of the discouragers. I'm not saying you. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling, there are people you would have come across in your workplace, in your study place. When you go and ask them, advise them, they, say, they look at it, oh, you can't handle this. Okay, this, this is the kind of report you got? I don't think there is any cure for this ailment. Discourages. That's what disciples did. They discouraged Jesus saying that, you want to go to that place again? They are going. They're ready to stone you to death. Negative words. Spoken in our lives. And I don't know how many of you are carrying those negative words in your, in your life. The negative words which are spoken. It hurts. It always resides in our lives. It doesn't allow us to do anything. It removes the joy. It robs the peace from our lives. Verse 16. 
Then came our man there, Thomas. If you remember, Thomas was the disciple who came to India carrying the gospel. That same Thomas, who's also called twin, he said to his fellow disciples, Come on, let's go, that we may die with him. Very sarcastic, isn't it? Jesus told, Let's go. Another disciple said, If you go there, they are going to kill you. And Thomas said, Come on, let's go with him. Let's all get killed. You know, people, at times they laugh at us on what we say. On what we say. One day somebody was telling me that she brought her you know, sick child to the doctor for the doctor to examine him. And the doctor was just laughing, just mocking. Oh, you got this kind of disease in your life? No, 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 you shouldn't get that. People around us, at times they mock at us. Sometimes they say that, you know, you go to this church for years together. What's going on in your life? You say that you follow God. What's going on in your life? There are a bunch of markers we may face at times in our lives. Jesus was totally discouraged if you would have listened to what disciples said. What Thomas told, probably Jesus would have said, no, 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 okay, let's be here. It's better not to go there. But Jesus was pushing through the obstacles. And that's what God wants us to do. That God is teaching us this evening from his very own life. And there comes Mary and Martha. They heard that Jesus is coming far away. And they ran out and out of the village. They came on the way to Jesus. Verses 21. Verse 21. When Martha came to Jesus, this is what Martha said. Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. What a statement it is. The same way Mary followed her. And Mary came in verse 32. Mary came where Jesus was and saw. And she fell down at his feet. And said, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. That means, Lord, everything is over now. If you would have been here, probably you could have healed him. But now he died. Everything is over. Nothing can be done now. There are people on our way, remember this. They limit our ability. They limit our ability. You know, people who look at our current situation and they decide future. They jump into the future. Have you come across people like this? They, they will ask you, okay, on what visa you are in Canada? I'm on just a visiting visa. Visitor? You need to go back? I don't think you can get any job here in this nation. You have only work permit and work permit is again, it's you're obligated to work only for that employer. You're bound. You cannot survive. You're talking about thinking about becoming a permanent resident in this nation. No, no, no. It's going to take forever. People who look at our current situation and they limit our ability. They really underestimate us. They almost come to a conclusion quickly, within a few seconds, that you are a waste. You cannot do anything. 
you are helpless that's what exactly martha and mary they were telling jesus jesus if you'd have been there probably you could have done something now it's all done it's all done there are people on our way they limit our ability at times children of god we get into that groove and we are filled with the disappointment and negative thinking on the day as i said i was speaking to someone a young girl and she shared a couple of things with me after a few minutes i told her 80% of what you said it's all negative things about you you spoke 80% of the things negative about yourself and none of those things what you said are true everything is a lie you know today we are tempted to believe in lies at times you know we are totally down just simple reason is somebody spoke a word somebody said you know, we fail at times to realize who we are scripture says you are children of god you know once we come to know in grip with we come to know lord jesus christ in grip with him to have that relationship with lord jesus bible says you are children of god children of god scripture also says he has given us the power to overcome he has given us strength to overcome he has given us strength to overpower all the work of our flesh and the work of the enemy at times we fail to realize who we are jesus standing right there mary and martha just giving a negative report negative in a word speaking negative words saying that if you would have been here my brother would not have died now jesus moved little further to verse 33 jesus saw mary and martha weeping and he turned aside all the jewish people they were all just standing there and all the jews they were weeping verse 33 therefore when jesus saw her weeping and the jews who came with her weeping jesus groaned in his spirit and was troubled and he said where have you laid him now when you just keep looking at somebody who is crying you don't really feel like laughing you also feel like crying on the other day i just came across this little story and and girl was just you know found missing for a while in her house and the neighbor house she had her friend but unfortunately that friend's mom died now this young girl was found missing in her house and dad was searching for a long time and little later this young girl she normally she doesn't get out of home she came back and dad asked why did you go and that girl told i went to my neighbors my friends house because her mom died and you know dad was very arrogant very 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 angry at her and he asked what can you do why did you go there as a small child what can you do going there and do you know looking at the dead body there and she said i went and sat next to her and i cried with her a couple of minutes 
And now, now I have come back. When you look at somebody who is crying, you feel like crying. Jesus there saw everybody weeping. And he was grown in his spirit. You know, weeping is basically an outcry of the heart. When you couldn't, you know, you tried you know, not to cry to your level best. But then you cry. Now, I remember my good old days in Bangalore when I was working as a manager in a company. Now, I had a team, team of close to 50 people working under me. Now, I was leading the team. And when something goes wrong, and obviously it's a little bit of culture too, so when something goes wrong, we really call them into our, in your office room and you question them, you know, why it happened, why customer is reporting such an issue in the product which you tested and released. We keep asking questions. Now, especially these girls, you know, when you keep asking questions, you ask three questions and fourth question, and then you can see their face go, <laughs> their face going like this, and you ask the fifth question, they just break, you know and cry in tears. Now, I was not that cruel, but then it has to be done, right? So it was done. When you look at somebody you know, who is crying, you can understand it is just an outcry of heart. That's what is happening there. Weeping also is a sign that people are losing hope. They are not sure what's going to happen next. People around the Lazarus tomb, they were just standing there and weeping. But Jesus is right there pushing forward for a miracle. But there are a bunch of people there showing their you know, hopeless situation as they were crying out. But Jesus was right there to perform a miracle. You know, when we are really hoping for something, we cannot really have people who already lost their hope. You are hoping for a miracle to take place. But you have a bunch of people who already lost their hope. The miracle is not going to happen. Miracle is not going to happen. You know, that's the reason for anything to happen. A church has to come in agreement. For any miracle to happen, a house has to come in agreement. When everybody comes in agreement and kneel down and pray to God, it happens. Now we see a bunch of people who lost their hope already. And now we see Jesus Christ moving forward, pushing through the huddles to perform a miracle. But I would say Jesus is handling it very well there. He was not just standing and crying along with them. He was moving forward. The question he asked, where have you laid him? You know, that's how you need to be and I need to be in the sight of God. When something is not working out in our lives, Move further, move forward with the strength of God. You know, if God has brought you to this nation, He will establish you in this nation. There is no doubt about it. But you will have come across, you will come across all these kind of people in your life, all these hurdles. But Jesus is handling it very well, asking them, Where have you laid? Jesus never allowed others' hopeless situation to affect His life. You know, you need to be very careful about this, what I said just now. You know, some people have a mentality today. It doesn't matter even if you don't have a job, because I don't have a job anyway. Did you get that? Some people have a mentality today. It doesn't really matter even if you don't have a job, because anyway, I don't have a job. 
It doesn't matter, you know, you have sickness in your body. Anyway, I am also struggling through sickness. There are people around us today. They are not really our friends. They are our adversaries. They are our enemies. Jesus standing there. You have a bunch of hopeless people there crying. And Jesus understood that very well. Jesus said, Where have you laid him? He pushed them aside and he moved forward. And in verse 37, And some of them said, Look at that, the, the way it's happening. Nothing is, you know, in favor of Jesus performing that miracle. Verse 37, And some of them said, Could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Jesus is about to raise somebody from the dead and somebody is saying that Jesus could have kept him alive. Why he had to die? Jesus could have kept him alive. But Jesus came here to perform a miracle. But look at the statement. See the statement that they made about Jesus. But Jesus was not at all bothered about what was said there. You know, this evening, God is telling you that you need to stop listening to some people in your life. You need to stop listening to some people in your life. It's not really they are telling about us. It is all about what they want to be. They are not our friends. They are our adversaries, our enemies. You know, there are people that we come across in every day in our lives. They make such statements about us. They question us. You know, they reason us. They throw all these things to us. I'm sure you would have come that you have come across in the workplace, in your family setup, even our family members at times. They do all these kind of things. But nothing could stop Jesus. Nothing could stop Jesus. The miracle is about to happen. He did not pay any attention to what they said. God wants us to be like that at times. God wants us not to pay attention to those words. Now, some of you may be going through very difficult times in, in your workplaces. But God is telling you, just do not pay attention to those words. When you start responding to those words, when you start reacting to that, those things, the situation will become worse. Nothing could stop Jesus. Now, Jesus came exactly in front of the tomb of Lazarus. And Jesus commanded them to take that stone away. Now, finally, Martha comes there. Listen to the words of Martha, verse 39. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of Lazarus, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time there is a great stench, there is a great odor, because he died since four days. 
Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? You know, our unbelief is extremely powerful that it tries to prevent the miracle that is about to take place even at the last moment. Must look at Martha's unbelief. Jesus is about to perform a miracle. He commanded them to take the stone away. But now comes Martha with a huge unbelief in her heart. Saying that, Lord, if you open the tomb, there is going to be a great order. Jesus realized that and Jesus almost rebuked her saying, did I not say to you that if you believe, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. If faith can bring supernatural blessings and miracles in our lives, unbelief can destroy every opportunity of receiving those blessings. Repeat that again. If Faith can bring supernatural blessings in our lives. Our unbelief can destroy every opportunity of receiving those blessings. Jesus came with an intention of performing that miracle. So many hurdles on his way. Finally, pushing through all the hurdles, Jesus spoke a word. Jesus said, Lazarus, Come forth. And verse 44 says, And he who had died came out, bound hand and foot with grave cloths, and his face was wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, Lose him and let him go. Now I just want you to think about you know, what Jesus went through before that miracle was performed. You and I go through the same thing on this earth. We go through all this kind of hurdles in our lives before we experience a blessing. But this evening God is telling you, do not lose hope. Believe in God. We will see the glory of God. I don't know what miracle that you are expecting today from God. We are just going to pray in a moment. You know, we believe, I believe that same Jesus who was standing in the front of the tomb of Lazarus is standing right here. And he is able, he is capable of reviving every dead situation. He is capable of performing that miracle. That all that God wants in our lives is to believe in Him. Is to put our trust in Him. And to move forward. Breaking all the hurdles that come on our way. Until we receive that miracle. Let's not settle down for anything which is less than receiving that blessing. That miracle in our lives. God doesn't want us to settle down in a lower level. God wants us to achieve that whatever it may be this evening. Our heart's desire may be. Shall we all just stand for a moment? We are just going to get into a time of prayer this evening.